Hi, this is Renee Christensen, author of Training Them Wisely, Discipling Kids. And today I am here with Sarah, and we're going to talk to you about different ways that she is investing in kids. So Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. So just tell us a little bit about your family. Sure. Good morning, and thank you for having me on. Uh, so my name is Sarah Arnold. Uh, that's a recent name change for me. Uh, I just got married uh, about a month and a week ago. Um, so my family, um, growing up, there was six of us in a family. We were homeschooled all the way through. Um, I tell people all the time, you know, it wasn't just mom and dad raising us. We had both sets of grandparents. And so we kind of had like six parents growing up. Um, and because we were homeschooled and, um, mom had the opportunity to work, you know, at home with us and, you know, homeschool us, we got to do a lot of stuff together and then a lot of stuff with older adults. So we always had a lot of input. From older adults growing up. And so I guess that kind of leads into like why I do what I do now. Um, but so the current family um, is just my husband and I. Um, that shift happened again a month and a half, almost a month and a half ago. Um, and so I met him actually through my job about 10 years ago. Uh, he was the one that trained me in CPR um, mm -hmm. initially. And so we kind of fell out of touch and then got back in touch about a year and a half ago. Um, and so, you know, whirlwind romance, you know, and ended in, in marriage. And so we're looking forward to the day when we start our adding to our family. Um, and so I work for what I do for work is I work for the University of Tennessee Extension. And so it's most well known for things like agriculture, um, 4-H, which is our youth program. And then I work specifically with family and consumer science, which is the old home ec stuff. Um, and so I teach and work with a wide range of people. Um, one of those audiences being youth, uh, which just excites me because I've always loved kids. Um, it's been just a big passion of mine throughout life. And so I'm happy to be able to continue working with them, even in the professional setting. So tell me more about how you do work with kids. Like, do you, how do you interact with them? Where do you get to see them and what do you teach them? Um, we do a variety um, within my job. The main place that I interact and intersect with kids is through the school system. Um, and so during the school year, um, I'm in there about once a month doing nutrition lessons. And so we're just going through um, the five food groups, which should be, you know, real basic, but it's amazing conversations that come out of real basic stuff. Um, and I'll share one of those stories in just a second with you. Um, in addition to working in the schools, um, we also work with after school. And then during the summer, we work with a lot of day camps throughout the community. Um, so we work closely with our community center. Um, I do a lot of activities down at our local swimming pool. And so you're interacting with kids all the time there. Um, I've also, in the last several years, volunteered to help with several VBSs um, with local churches because they're always short leaders, um, it seems. And when you're uh, single, um, <laughs> it's really easy to have you come and pull. Um and so through the, you know, through my work, most of it is through school activities. We have a few, so I teach a sewing group. And so they come here to the office. Um, and so I like those better because you get some more one-on-one -on -one time. When you're in the classroom, you have, you know, one on 25 or one on 18. Um, and it's a lot harder to have those conversations. Um, but you can still have them. Um, and so uh, one story, if I can find it, I'll have to pull my notes up. Because um, this is just one that has always stuck with me. Um, I also wrote a book and so this, this whole story is in this book. Um, but there was one time because you think when you're working with kids, you feel like a lot of people are like, oh, they're just kids. You know, they, they're not thinking everything through. They're not processing. Well, one time we were in there and we were talking about grains, why grains are important, you know, 
um, has nothing to do with really anything other than physical development. Um, and so th this is, you know, how this falls in. Um, some kid in class, because in schools, there's all these rules about what you can and can't say. Um, yeah. And being a Christian in the secular world, sometimes it's harder um, because you have to be very selective with what you say because you can't lead conversation. Mm -hmm. Now, if they ask questions, you're welcome to say anything you want. And so somehow uh, in the middle of talking about grains, the kids get this conversation shifted to God. If he, is he alive or is he dead? Um, and I'm, you know, keep, you know, backtracking back to grains. because I'm like, what, you know, this has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. Um, and then all of a sudden, everybody started asking questions about God being raised from the dead. And I'm like, okay, well, if they're asking, we're, we're just going to go here. Uh, well, then one little kid pipes in the middle of class and he goes, God's magic. And I'm like, time out. <laughs> no, he's not. Um, and so the kids were like, you know, what do you mean he's, he's not magic? And I said, guys, there's a difference in magic where it's a trick. It's an illusion. It's something that you know, is made to look one way, but it's not. I said, God is not that way. I said exactly who he is and what he does. That's exactly what it is. There's no trick to it. Um, and so we got a really brief conversation where we got to talk about how God is not magic um, because then it was, well, oh, he's like Santa Claus. And I'm like, no, he's not like Santa Claus. Um, and so it was really neat for me in the middle of what should have just been a normal lesson on why grains are important for our body and what they do for our body. These kids, and I mean, we're talking, usually the kids that I'm with are between kindergarten and third grade. Um, and so they're little and they have these questions. Um, and I'm blessed because where we live is a very rural, in essence, Christian community. Mm -hmm. um, they all go to church, whether they believe or not, they all go to church. Um, but to get that chance to interact with those kids and have those conversations, because half of them had grown up in church. And like, well, this is what I heard at church. And this is what I heard. Um and so it was just really neat to engage because it's what I call the teachable moments. They just pop up with kids. And that's one of my favorite things about working with kids is because you never know what they're going to say. And so you can take their lead, especially when you're in that secular workplace where you can't jump in um, with your thoughts and you can answer their questions, but help guide and direct, which I just think is really cool. That is, I love that story. That's great. And that was just an example of you basically taking your normal life that God has you living and still being a light for him when you have that opportunity being available to be used. And the other thing I really liked what she said is that she, when you're single mm -hmm. or even now married, but without kids, it's so true. You have so many opportunities where you can be used because you do have so much more flexibility and, um, and kids, I think too, they, you know, it's a different kind of relationship with somebody that's younger, you know, a young adult, kids look up to them in a different type of way than they do, even whenever you're older and you can be really influential in kids' lives and you have the time to do that. So that is one thing that I encourage my daughter, who's still single. She's, she's actually a children's minister. So she's investing in kids all the time, but I'm like, while you have this single time, it's the time where you can really have so much oh, flexibility and a, an ability to be able to serve others. And Jesus loved children. He said, let them come to him. I mean, he does not want us to mislead children. He talks about how important it is for us to disciple kids, to talk to them. And so it's something that he's told us that we're supposed to be doing and being single 
is actually the perfect time to be able to do it. Just, I mean, you can do it throughout your life, but so many people think that since they don't have kids, they can't really invest in kids, but that's not true. You know, as a single person, you can really invest in kids. You were a kid once. Oh, <laughs> you have lots of kids. Absolutely. You definitely work with kids. <laughs> and it's neat because even, and I've always been, I don't know if it's weird or just like God wired me, but I've always, my grandmother um, did daycare when she was younger. And so we grew up um, around her and around kids. And we always talked about how she had like this like magical you know, kids could do anything for her. It didn't matter which they, like she could get them to do anything. Um, and I don't know if I've inherited that trait or whatever, but kids have always, um, I've just always done well with kids. I've always enjoyed, you know, babysitting, nanny, whatever. It, I just, I love, I just love investing in their little, little minds and hearts. Um, but it's so true when you're in that single state because, and that's been one of, honestly, that's been one of the things that my husband and I have been working through because I've done so much now that I'm married, it's, he's going, well, wait, what, where's my time? And so learning that balance of, well, what do you cut back while still investing and engaging? Because I'm like, this is important to me. Um, and like, and I tell people all the time, you know, I don't have any kids of my own, but I'll tell people that I have, you know, 200 in the county because I would do anything for these kids. Um, and they're not mine. Um, you know, my sister has two, my best friend has two, um, my brother has one. And I'm like, I can't, I, you know, I was talking to my husband, I'm like, I can't imagine what it would be like when we have our own, because I'm like, I would do anything for these kids. And I love them so much. I can't imagine what it's like when it's my own, yeah. because when I have, you know, when I'm having them or, you know, babysitting or watching them for, you know, anybody, I like, they're just mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to treat them like they're mine. And so it's just neat to get to see and I mean because they'll process stuff with you and they'll they're quick learners they're super yes. learners. They're so curious and so inquisitive and they're able to understand so much yes. you know they're not little adults they their brains are maturing but still what they're able to understand and that simple faith that they can have is such an amazing thing to see and I learn things as I talk to kids because yeah it's just really neat to see and you and I love like their different questions. Like you said, they can just come up with these rabbit trails. You're like, wow, where did that come from? And open up so many conversations that way. Yeah. So I you, mentioned, you mentioned that you wrote a book. What was the name of your book? Um, so the book is no, so there's two of them. The first one um, is knowing this. Um, it's a 90 day devotional um, journal experience. Cause I'm, an, I'm a writer uh, as well. I love writing and journaling. That's how I learned. And then the second one, which is where that story that I referenced came from, is called Growing Deeper. Um, and it's only 30 days because 90 days is a long time to write for. Uh, so there's 90 and 30. Um, but so those and the, the first one has a couple stories that I earmarked in case, you know, we needed additional things to talk about uh, <laughs> with other stories where I interacted with kids because they do like, you know, we say and, you know, we've talked about how influential it is to impact kids and you know as adults to invest in them and teach them and train them but also there's that flip side <laughs> they're teaching us yes um, and so one of them that came to mind and it's in the first book is one of the vbs's i was helping out with i was working with older kids um i think it was like fifth and sixth grade that i had that year and fifth and sixth grade you know they're starting to get that independent we yes you know, cool to sing and dance these moves and all this whatever and, and their so brains all, are so much more mature all of a sudden. They can understand uh -huh. so much more. I love that grade. Yes. Uh -huh. Oh, see, I like uh, the younger ones is my, my <laughs> theme. Uh, and so th this was a growing week for me because I was working with a group that I don't normally work with. 
Um, and all week long, you know, we'd get to the singing part and they wouldn't want to do anything. And I'd encourage you, come on, come on. And, you know, I'd set the example and I'd be up there dancing and singing and whatever. And there was this song that year in the VBS that I just loved. Like, it was just beautiful. And I wanted my group to sing that song selfishly. <laughs> and they really wanted to sing another song. And I'm like, you haven't sung that song all week. Why'd you pick that song? Like of all the songs to pick, why'd you pick that one? Well, we got to the awards night and I was, I was not in a good place. I was grouchy and tired. You know, you've worked all week and then done BBS all night. Um, and then I'm like, these kids are going to get up here and it's just going to be a disaster. They got up there and sang their little hearts out. They knew every word, every dance move, every, and I'm just sitting there and like, my mind is blown because I'm going, even though it didn't look like they were paying attention, they had soaked it all up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it was a challenge to go, even when you're working with kids, because it can be exhausting. And I, mean, I don't have kids in my own. It can be exhausting when you have them for a short periods of time and they're not listening, or you think I'm doing all of this and nothing is connecting. And then all of a sudden there's going to be that moment where it connects and you're just like, yeah. oh, this hasn't been for nothing. Yeah. Uh, and so it's I, you know, I always encourage people, it's not just a oh, work with kids because you can teach them and you can, they are going to teach you so much stuff. Um, and so, even whenever they are moving around, it's amazing whenever you ask them questions afterwards and they're able to answer everything. Mm-hmm. And I think kids need movement and motion sometimes to even be able to learn. Mm-hmm. And yet, whenever you actually talk to them, you're like, oh, wow, you, you actually got, got it. That's great. <laughs> so why do you think it is important to invest in kids and to disciple kids and for them to um, be poured into? Because I know not, especially in the county, not all of those kids are getting solid relationships that they have to go to. And um, so I just think it is so important for each kid to have a loving adult in their life. But what are some reasons that you think it's important? Um, so growing up, the reason I was like, I just, I, I loved it. Um, first of all, we had, I mean, we were always around older people. Um, so I've always done better with younger people because I was watching them or older people because that's who I was around. Uh, my own age group. I'm like, what do I do with you? Um, and so you get a lot of wisdom past being, mm-hmm. um, and like my dad always taught us, you know, there's two schools. There's a school of experience and the school of knowledge. Um, the school of knowledge is learning from other people's mistakes to hopefully spare yourself. And then there's a school of experience, which we're all going to go through. Um, but if you can learn a few things without having experienced it, you're going to save yourself some time and heartache. Um, and so investing in kids gives them that chance. They're also our feature. Um, and there are days when I'm like, it's, it's not looking good. Um, and then you'll see a couple kids and you're like, oh, I have some hope. You know, there there is light. There is a chance that we um, are still going to have good things in the future. Um, but if we're not teaching them society, social media, um, media in general, they're not helping. <laughs> um, and so if we're not investing and we're not there, we're not present teaching our kids the morals and values that we would like them to have, nobody is. And and like you said, there's so many families um, and you see it all the time, you know, working in the school system, there's so many families that don't have the time and they never had the relationships. They don't know how to have the relationships um, or they're, you know, incapable. Um, my husband works in, in emergency services. And uh, we were even talking just last night. I was like, you know, I'm in these classrooms of kindergartners. And I'm like, it's these, you know, five-year-olds that have their whole future ahead of them. I said, and right now they're, you know, clean, well-kept, smart. They're, you know, headed the right direction, but I'm going, because I know what happens as the years go on. I'm like, 
you know, like half of these kids are going to be lost in the system. Um, and it, to me, that's heartbreaking um, because I'm going, it doesn't have to be that way. Like you can do better. You can have better. Um, but for so many of them, they don't have anybody. And so I guess kind of like what you were saying, they, that one person can make the world of difference. Um, and so through work, I don't know um, how much sciencey stuff that you do or follow or have talked about. Um, ACEs is, is a big thing right now. Um, and so these are the adverse child syndrome and everybody has a score. And the more you have, usually the worse your trajectory is. Um, the one thing though, that makes the difference scientifically based now, which I'm like, <laughs> no brainer, um, one adult, yes. one caring adult, it doesn't matter how many ACEs you have, one adult can totally change the outcome. And for me, I guess so much of it is, is whether or not I have my own kids, whether or not, you know, whatever happens to me, like if I can be that one adult for one kid, it will have been worth it. Um, I love that. Did they, in the study, does it say how much time that one adult needs to spend with them? Um, they've done a lot more research and I haven't followed the current. I don't know that there's a set time on that. Um, I would obviously assume it's not just, you know, one hour, but I've also been around kids that, you know, they were around this person for just an hour a week and it made the world. Of yeah. Difference. Cause I was thinking my fourth grade teach Sunday school teacher made a big impact in my life. I still remember her. I remember what she taught me. And it was one year for one hour. I mean, and that's all that she was in my life. And yet whenever I make decisions still, she had us memorize Psalm 139. And just, I just, I don't know. I remember her advice. I remember what she said. Mm-hmm. And making decisions has been easier as an adult because of that one year, one hour that she invested in my life. Yeah. It's not like people. And, you know, um, I've worked with some mentoring groups and they're like, it's so, it's such a commitment and I can't, and I'm going, it's not as much as you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, I mean, the little, just like you're, you know, the littlest things, it can be a librarian. It can be your Sunday school teacher. It can be a teacher. Um, it can be the lady, like the lady that does our community center here in town. I mean, she's going to have diamonds and rubies and everything in her crown someday because she invests in these kids every day um, and has for years. And I mean, she doesn't put up with nonsense. Yeah. Um, And And so it's so important. I feel like whenever you said that they are a future, that's just not cliche. It really is the truth. And what kids are coming out of high school, believing Mm -hmm. what they are not being things they are being exposed to truth that they're not hearing, it makes a huge difference. And it really does. And if we continue on the current trajectory that we're going in America with these kids, it's it's going to be a problem, honestly. And to be able to make a difference in a child's life can actually make a big difference. And if everybody, I mean, if many people could just start investing in kids, I feel like we could really change the trajectory because being able to teach kids the truth, being able to invest in them and show them Christ's love through us, like true biblical love can make a big difference in any child's life. And for them to learn to love God's word, for them to love and know the importance of it and to have that relationship with God can truly change their lives. That's what we've seen whenever we were working with these community kids who have very difficult lives, abject poverty, dangerous living situations, just investing in their life. Once they know and believe in God and in his word, Mm -hmm. Jesus, their savior, I just, the difference in their life and how they're 
their behavior and everything just from that decision and from having somebody pour into them makes a big difference from where their life probably would have ended up statistically, you know? Uh And so just to every single person matters to God, right? Because every person's made in God's image and God loves children Mm -hmm. and he wants us to invest in children. And I think sometimes we can be overwhelmed by how much children need to be invested in and how many children there are to be invested in. But even if you can invest in a few kids and make a difference in their life, it can be, a, it can make a, it can make an impact. It really can. Yeah. Well, and that's like, um, when I started, cause I've always loved writing always, you know, from the time I was little and kind of put it away during college. Cause you know, you're studying, doing all this work. Um, I was working nannying a lot. So I just, you didn't have time. And when I got out, um, I remember there was a distinct day that I felt the Lord telling me it's time to start writing and this time it's for me. Um, because I had been talking to so many people and, you know, obviously in this job, you're in a rural Christian community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that loosely because I think, especially in the South, and I don't know you know, how far the range goes that your listeners are, um, but especially in the South, I think there's a lot of people that, oh, we believe, but that's where it stops. Um, there's no carry over into like, it actually affects my life. And like, I, you know, read my Bible and I do what it says. Um, and I was talking to so many people when I first started this job and kids even that they grew up in church, but they couldn't tell you how God or the Bible actually applied to their lives. And I'm just like, what, what, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> because the way we had been raised is just like you were saying, you know, taking that time to actually invest in them and, and show them genuine Christ love, like not just this fake Oh, we have to love everybody. Like, no, no. Like the rubber meets the road and love is hard. Yes. Um, love is really hard. Um, and it's not always easy. Um, and so that's kind of what started because I was like, there's so many things that happen in my life where I see God's hand at work, um, or a reminder, or, you know, I mean, just so many things. And so that's what actually kind of started up that devotional because I was like, if I can see it so clearly, I want other people to know it's not, you don't have to do some deep dive Bible study to understand God's love. Like, you know, there's the Bible verses that talk about even the rocks, like you can't look at nature and not go, there's a God. Um, And so for me, a lot of them, they're just practical um, everyday things that people experience and they go through and how God or this, this Bible verse or whatever, it just, it, you know, it comes from my personal emotions is where those came from, because it's not like investing in kids isn't hard. Um, in the sense of you have to carve out all this time. It's just inviting them into what you're already doing. Yes. Uh, and knowing, knowing the truth yourself. And that's why the book that I wrote, Training Them Wisely, Discipling Kids, the first half of the book is about how to have a relationship with God. Because mm-hmm. whenever you do have a relationship with God and you're spending time in his word and knowing him, then you can pour into kids, right? right? You because you have something that you can actually pour into them. And so just being able to do that, um, I think is really important. And so do you, is, are they, is your, can't talk. <laughs> are your books available to be purchased somewhere? So they are, they're on Amazon. Um, I brought the first one with me today. This is what the first one looks like. These were the ones I had. Um, and this is my sister. This is not me. Everybody thinks this is me. This is not me. Um, but they are on Amazon. Um, so you can find them on Amazon, um, hardcover, softcover, I think the first one is an ebook as well for people who like ebooks. I don't think the second one is. Um, me personally, I like to touch it, feel it right in it. Um, I know that's not everybody. Um, well, we can drop a link to those in the notes for today's sure. so that people can. 
have access to that as well. But yeah, you're exactly right. You can't pour from an empty vessel. So you have to start with yourself. <laughs> yes. Yes. And very important with that. Okay. And so who was the most, this is just a fun question. Who was the most influential person in your life and why? So when I think about this question, because people ask this actually a lot more than you would think. Um, there's a lot of people that come to mind. Um, but one that I think in a lot of ways has kind of shaped a lot of who I am is my grandmother. Um, and I'll try not to get emotional because she is on the road to dementia right now. Um, and so you're in a way you're losing who she was. Yeah. Um, but she was one who did nursery work and daycare and, um, she had us. So growing up, we were in a small church. My granddad was the pastor. And so mama had all of us, um, from the time we were in nursery, she did the nursery. And so even as we got older, she would take the older kids back and help with the nursery. Um, and so there's so many things that she taught us from an early age, but she's also the one that taught us how to cook. Um, she's the one that taught us how to do biscuits. She did all sorts of stuff outside with us, with crafts and things. And as I grew older, because also my parents were also in there, influential people. Um, they had kind of shifted my career and where I was headed. Um, but the line of work I'm in now, in a lot of ways, is exactly what my grandmother did 60 years ago. Um, and there's a lot of similarities. And so in a lot of ways, you know, it's the little things. Like as a kid, you know, it was no big deal to do stuff with Mal. Like that was just what you did. Um, but even now seeing especially as we start losing her and you, you know, you're thinking back over the memories. Um, it's easy to see how much the things that she did have impacted what I do now. Um, and so I, I guess for me, it would have to be Mama um, is the most influential person because I mean, she just taught us so much and I mean, she's always loved well and taken care of people. Well. She's just, yeah. And that's so, I love that. My, um, one of the ladies that is actually on the video, about my book. She had read it and was in a video um, for it. And she is a grandmother. And that's what she was talking about, you know, just how much she still invests in her children, even though they're grown and also in her grandchildren and how she's using the book for that because grandparents can make a huge impact in kids' life. And that's what I want. That's the kind of grandma I want to be one day. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a married child yet or anything, but when, when I do, I have, I have grandchildren. I want to be very influential in their life because they're your legacy. You know, I mean, they're and children. I mean, that's the wonderful thing about investing in a child is that they have in general, so much life left to live. They can make such an impact and such a, in the world. And they're, I mean, to be able to take part in that, I think is a huge blessing to be able to do. So I love that. Definitely. Um, grandparents listening, don't give up on your kids. Stay involved because they need you. Yes. And I still realize that. Grandchild. <laughs> <laughs> and how about your favorite memory verse? Uh, so this is hard. Um, one, there's several. Uh, one that has recently kind of been stuck in my head um, is Proverbs 16, 9. Um, and it says a man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Um, cause I'm a big planner. Um, my husband laughs at me because he's like, if it's not in your calendar, it's not happening. Um, but that verse, when I stumbled across it a few years ago, because there were so many things that I wanted and was hoping for, you know, a husband being one of those that I prayed for years. Um, it's 31 now. So I've been praying for several years, um, for husband and it just wasn't happening. And so that verse to me was a reminder that I can plan as much as I want. But ultimately, you need to let the Lord direct where you go yes. um, because his plans are always better than ours. 
Yes. Um, but so, yeah, there's it's a lot of verses. See now that you're married. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just that reminder that we can plan all we want, but we need to make sure we're surrendered to whatever his leading is. Always. So yeah, Proverbs 16, 9 is one of the things, but there's several. I'm a big planner as well. And uh, my calendar has so much stuff on it now that I've even missed some things on my calendar, but Mm -hmm. yes, I'm very much so like that, but I'm trying. So I have my phone set every 15 minutes during the day for me to have a alarm go off to just remind me to be like, is this what I still should be spending my time on right now? And just kind of a, a check-in to make sure that I'm in his will rather than in what what to do. There's so (laughs) much, so many things I would like to get done that my calendar is very busy, but I want to make sure that I'm doing the best things right. that to do, you know? And so yes. any final thoughts that you want to leave our listeners with? Um, final thoughts. Uh, invest in kids, invest in people around you, not just kids, invest in people. Um, cause everybody, and you know, I see it all the time. I go, everybody's hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody has stuff going on. Um, and so not even just the kids because the kids are watching, kids are watching everything we do. Yes. Um, and so it's not just when we're investing in kids, that's when they're learning from us. It's when they're watching the way we interact with people around us. Um, there was a group, uh, just thinking about that right now, there was a group, um, I was doing a teacher in service one summer, a couple of years back, and it was supposed to be on issues that teachers dealt with in the classrooms in regards to different, um, disabilities or learning disabilities and things like that. And so I thought, well, we'll make this, you know, most impactful for the teachers. What are like the three that you deal with the most? And I was shocked when the the answers I got back was bullying, lying, and manipulation. I'm like, those are not disabilities. (laughs) I'm like, those are not listed. And I was, I mean, I was blown away and I'm going, this is not. um, And so, you know, in my job, everything has to be research-based. And so I started doing the research. And I was amazed when they were trying to blame the teachers for these behaviors. And I'm like, no, 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 you know, kids don't get a pass on this one. Um, But then I started like, oh, actually reading it. And it was talking about how the kids observe their teachers and parents bad mouthing people. And then they turn around to that same person and they act all friendly. And I thought, oh, my word. Because kids can actually be to blame. Um, and not that, you know, teachers are bad because we, we, we've all done this, but I'm going, the teachers in that moment don't think the kids are listening into those conversations between teachers. Kids are listening to everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and and so I guess, you know, final thought, don't just think I'm investing in kids when I'm investing in kids. Um, you're investing in the people around you all the time. People are watching you, um, you know, dad growing up, you know, we learn from other people's mistakes when they would do something, we would talk about it at home. Um, because it was hopefully going, this is, you know, the choice they made. This is the consequence. Let's not do this. Yes. <laughs> um, <and> so <laughs> life examples. Yes. I mean, what, what better way to learn? We would do that even in the Bible. The Bible is so full of examples like this that you can learn from. And how people make mistakes all the time, but God still uses them. Absolutely. I love that. I love how honest the Bible is because yes. it just shows me it's something, it's God's plan that's being worked out and he can yeah. use whoever he wants to, to fulfill his plan. David and Thomas are two of my favorite characters in the Bible Uh, (laughs) because I can relate in a lot of ways. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so just remember, you know, it's not just investing in kids, you know, when it's, it's, you're investing in people around you all the time. Um, Kids need a lot of it. They'll, they're going to soak it up and we have a chance to potentially change them, but we also have that chance with the people we're investing in um, 
around us. So don't just look at it as one time. It's a life. It's a lifelong investment that you make when you deal with people. I love it. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on and talking to us. I really appreciate it very much. And I will put your book links in the notes for anybody that might be interested in those as well. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me.